Welcome, Riverbank Community Church, and anyone who's visiting. Uh, just, it's such a privilege to be here today and to see you guys through the camera lens virtually. And I uh, just want to let you know, it's such a privilege to teach. I have not had the opportunity to teach, um, I think, since Hebrews 3. And uh, it's just, there's been a lot of church projects and um, just reasons to have and other communicators, but I'm super excited to be teaching today. And our new series called Run Your Race. And Run Your Race is specifically geared for us who call ourselves Christians who are preparing for the race of following Christ, preparing ourselves for the first mile, the second mile, the third mile, and then the finish line as we prepare ourselves because a race sometimes can be like a marathon. And at times there's different things that could cause us to struggle, different things that we need to do to be prepared. And that is what we're going through in Hebrews 12 through 13. And with that, let's ask this question before we go through our verses. And the question is this, what inheritance have we chosen? What inheritance have we chosen? Because I think that all of us choose a direction in our life. And the direction in our life can either line up with what we inherit from the world or it can be what we inherit from Christ and from living our life committed to God. And we're going to go specifically into what that looks like today in these verses. But continue to ask yourself, what inheritance have we chosen? It starts off in verses 12 and 13. It says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that you, the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau who for a single meal sold his inheritance, writes as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Hebrews 12, 12 through 17. Let's pray over this word. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I ask that you will come upon us. I ask that it will be you speaking and it will not be me. I will ask that we will come a little closer to you than we were before and that we will see what it means to run the race towards you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to focus on a verse just real quick. It's kind of the focal verse. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Effort to live in peace. And I actually think of our church family when I think of being focused on peace and coming together and having these just relationships come together. And I think of my friend, Joseph Hannah. And I call him my friend because about a year ago, we were outside, we were doing the outside gatherings, and if you have not noticed, my son, Johnny Ross, is all over the parking lot when we are in our gathering. 
He is running from one end to the other. And there was one day that Joseph Hannah brought his scooter. And he was having a good time and he was scooting through. And my son saw that and just went straight for wanting to see what is that? That looks fun. And at that point, my son wasn't even two years old. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm focused on an event and focused on a project or something fun, I don't really want to interrupt it. But Joseph Hannah had no problem being interrupted. He had no problem having a small toddler look at the wheels and want to jump on it and want to push it because he couldn't really quite ride it. And Joseph Hannah just talked to my son just like a normal normal person that would have maybe been his age, maybe just explaining what the scooter was, explaining why it was fun, and just had a little bit of fun. Now, for my son, he was quickly accepted, and it brought peace into an activity instead of separation, instead of rejection, maybe. Because, you know, sometimes you tell a child or a baby that they can't touch that, they can't play with that, they instantly become upset and start crying because they don't understand why they can't. We didn't even have to worry about that, which I would have been okay if we had to, but it was just a moment of peace and introducing, without even knowing what it was like to have a peaceful relationship started. And I just think that was a cool picture of what we got to see in our church now with that, I want to jump back into the verses, and this is the beginning. And we read these last week. Joe did a great job explaining these. It says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Now, I want us to ask this question as we look at those verses. Do we prepare ourselves? When we're getting ready for a race, do we prepare ourselves? Do we, do we start, you know, maybe running exercises or running laps before we get ready for a big race? We have people part of our church who, who do the, 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 the ninja warrior thing. Now, if you just did the ninja warrior thing without being prepared, you would not go far. But you prepare and you work out and you, you have these practice sessions. Do we prepare ourselves? But it's much more than just Activity and, and sports are ways of preparing ourselves for recovery or preparing ourselves to move forward. I think of myself as a child. And I actually, my feet are mostly straight, but when I was a child, four or five, my feet were sideways. And I would run like as if they were sideways. I couldn't run to the full speed or the full potential because there was a developmental problem. And I went to a physical therapist at a young age and they put these insert braces in my shoes and it was uncomfortable and painful, but my feet went from sideways to straight. And I was able to walk and run straight. It was a preparedness to correct how I was walking. And sometimes when we are getting ready for something, we are preparing ourselves to move forward. We are preparing our bodies to move forward, but 
Are we doing that in our life spiritually? Do we prepare ourselves for the life that is in front of us? Are we ready for what's next? Have we prepared for the next challenge? Do we prepare ourselves? As we continue again into one of our main verses, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to the coarse trouble and defile many. Now, maybe my son would not have had bitterness and hated scooters if he wasn't allowed to explore Joseph Hannah's scooter. But my son does like things with wheels. And now he looks even more so at things that are like scooters because he's interested in it because even in a way of maybe not understanding fully, it was explained. It brought peace in a relationship. But how are we doing that in our lives right now? Do we embrace or reject peace? Do we embrace or reject peace? When we speak with others, when we interact with others, does it look like peace? When people see us, are they drawn to us because of peace or are they repelled by us because it's the opposite of peace? It's, it's just disruptive. Do we build people up who we see? Do, our, do people's reactions show care and bring peace? We live in a culture and a season of just generation where there is not a lot of peace. Our, our viewpoints are divided. The way we see the world, it's completely divided. The, even, even discussing what we like on television sometimes is divisive. Why are we not bringing in peace It goes into this next part. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. When when we don't bring peace and love and we reject peace, we bring bitterness. Think about the last time you felt rejected and shut down. Was it hard to move past? When we bring peace, even in our disagreements, it's easy to move forward. It's easy to embrace. We are not created in this world to be identical to every person, but we are created in this world to bring community to every person. We cannot share the gospel with those around us if we are not associated with peace. And so no matter what the disagreement is, no matter if even someone's viewpoint is, and maybe we would clarify, it's like, that's just wrong. We must be embracing peace because people do not embrace relationships when there's only rejection and only harsh correction. Not that correction's wrong, but we do correction in peace and in love. Do we embrace peace? Or do we reject peace? As we continue um, through our passage, it says, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. 
Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Now, some of you will recognize the reference and some of you might not. But if you don't, I'll just give you a quick, a quick snapshot. In the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, there were two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And Esau was the oldest son and Jacob was the younger son. And the oldest son always inherited the majority of the inheritance because they were the pride. They were the one who followed through the family. They were the patriarch of the entire family. And it was a sense of honor because you inherited the land. You inherited the livestock. The, the, the business was yours. But in this moment, Esau was tired and he said, Jacob, give me a single meal of stew and I will give you my entire inheritance right. Now, the inheritance in the Jewish custom also was connected to how you viewed your family and your relationship with God. It wasn't just money. It wasn't just land. It was leading your family to be closer to God. And he sold it for a momentary enjoyment bowl of soup. Would you sell your entire future inheritance for a Panera bowl of soup? I think most of us would say, no, I would not do that. As good as Panera soup may be. But how are we viewing our spiritual inheritance with Christ? Because in this moment, Esau shared how little he cared of his relationship with God, how little he cared for his relationship with his family for a moment of enjoyment. And it says he regretted it. It says that he regretted it with tears. But this was a moment that he could not take back. It says, see that no one is sexually immoral. I'm going to compare this into a relationship in marriage. We commit ourselves to one husband or one wife, and we have intimacy with our one husband and one wife. There is a sense of betrayal if that is ever broken with another person. That doesn't mean there can't be redemption in the marriage. It doesn't mean that you can't be brought back to each other, but there is a sense of betrayal and heartbreak and you can't, you can't erase it. You can forgive, but it is, it is a marker on the life and a painful marker at that that will shape you. This is similar in our relationship with Christ that when we completely reject him as a believer in Christ, it will shape us. It doesn't mean we can't move towards Christ again. It doesn't mean that we have lost any of our restoration in Christ, but it does mark our lives, which is why it's important that we prepare for the race ahead of time. It is important that we are making sure we're ready for the race now because there are things in our life that will mark them 
And sometimes they will mark them and they will be painful. We can still be restored in God. We can still move closer to God. But we don't have to put ourselves through pain. But the other aspect of this, and it's a much more of our internal, our eternal life, is that for those of us who do not know Christ, right now you can, you can take on the inheritance of Christ. Every single person who is listening today, you can take on the inheritance of Christ. But there will be a day where you can't. Now, I pray that everyone here will have a long and happy life. I pray that everyone will have time to reflect on what it means to take on the inheritance of life. Because someone here might think, I'm not ready. And I hope that we all have time. But we're not all promised time. We're not all promised tomorrow. Life's fragile. And when it comes to the inheritance of Christ, the relationship with Christ, we must capitalize on it. We must accept it. Because we we don't know when we won't be able to take it. We we have a loving and, and, and patient God, but we're only promised that we can take the inheritance in our life now. And we get lots of chances. But there are no guarantees to tomorrow. And again, I will go back to our question. What inheritance have we chosen? Have we chosen the inheritance of following Christ, of being committed to Christ, or have we chosen the inheritance of the world, which is similar to a bowl of soup? There's lots of things to enjoy in the world. There's lots of things that are temporary in the world. But taking the inheritance of Christ is giving us an eternal enjoyment. Not always easy. There are hardships, but we give a fulfilling. We don't have to keep going back for fulfillment. We are simply fulfilled. We are simply walking with him. And I want us to know that today we need to choose our inheritance. We need to grab on to what God offers us. We need to be like Jacob, who took the inheritance and honored it, instead of like Esau, who traded it for something that was fleeting. What in your life is stopping you from taking on the inheritance of Christ? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for speaking to us today. I ask that we will live a life that is focused on your peace, And we will live a life where we are taking on your inheritance. If there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I ask that they will come to know you for the first time. I ask that if we do know you, we will be reminded of what it means to run the race. We will be reminded of what it means to have your inheritance and we will continue to walk with you. If there's anyone here who needs to make a decision, I ask that they will make it. And I ask that you will soften our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen.